And I do want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to the audio podcast episodes here on Anchor, as well as other various sources such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, to name a few. Let me just say this, that some of these podcast episodes are actually done on YouTube, which if you guys want, it's youtube.com forward slash Tito Escobar, all one, like all together, T-I-T-O-E-S-C-O-B-A-R. Uh, but I also have just exclusive audio podcast content that's going to be here on the station. And so I do welcome you guys here and thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. And um, you guys can follow me on Twitter. That's uh, at the ghost shadow, all one word. And um, you guys can also DM me some ideas or maybe some subjects you guys would like me to touch base with. I definitely, definitely would want you guys uh, to give your input. So without further ado, let's get into today's podcast episode. And it starts now. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Um, yeah, so I didn't go live earlier this week. Oh, gosh, so much stuff going on. And yeah, so I'm outside. Been liking to do these outside. I don't know. Maybe people don't like it when I'm outside because lighting and all that other stuff. I don't know. But I feel more comfortable here and just chit chatting for a little while, just talking about tech, running the podcast as usual. And um, yeah, so first thing, shout out to the members right there in the ticker. Thank you guys for being members of the channel. Really, really appreciate you guys for doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, so moving on from that, um, for those who don't know, I've actually, I, I have a station on Anchor and I haven't really been showing it much attention um, just from like the hiatus that I've taken and me slowly getting back into the groove of things. Um, so this will actually be like an audio, uh, there'll be an audio version on Anchor uh, once this is done. So I will then process the audio, send that to Anchor, and um, yeah, it'll, we'll start uh, start getting uh, Anchor some, some attention here, which basically, if you don't know, Anchor just shares this to like all different uh, podcast sources. So like, you know, um, Spotify and, and, and Apple Music and um various places right so um google podcasts and such apple podcasts those, those places so there'll be an audio version and um again well to kind of explain why there would be an audio version is like you know if you can't watch the you know the video version here on youtube maybe you know you commute a lot maybe your job has you on the road a lot you know i wouldn't want you like staring at the screen trying to see what's going on or whatever so an audio version makes sense for people who just listen on the radio, um, having their phone connected via Bluetooth to their car, to be on the radio and to be all good to go. Um, so yeah, um, a lot of these are, are going to start going back up on, uh, on anchor to me. It just makes sense to do it that way. Um, so besides that, uh, subject topics for today, you guys can see they're down at the bottom. Um, I am going to be talking to you guys and getting your guys' uh, thoughts and opinions. Um, should I even try out Metro by T-Mobile? Um, I've been doing a little bit of research lately and um, just been kind of going through, uh, you know, some options out there. And um, Metro seems to be a little bit of what I'm looking for. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I like to get you guys' feedback on it. Um 
Because I know a lot of you guys actually have used Metro. As a matter of fact, in my days when I was reviewing Boost Mobile, I had a lot of people that was just like, yo, you need to go switch to Metro. So um, if they're still hanging around on my YouTube channel, they can definitely leave a comment. If they join it live, then definitely, uh, you know, um, share share your thoughts in the comments. Um, so anyways, yeah. And uh, also on top of that, you know, you guys can join the, the Facebook uh, group which is the Geeks Den. Again, this is just a place where I just geek out or whatever to say what I want to say that has to do with it. Um, you know, geek culture, nerd life, whatever. I don't know why people call it that, but I just I just remember that because people identify it as that. Not everybody does, but some people do, and that's totally fine. Um, on top of that, if you guys want to help with uh, you know the podcast, with, with things in the future or whatever, this is definitely where you guys can do it at, PayPal is the method source as well as super chats as well. But um, smashing that like button is like the biggest help that you guys can do to help out the channel. So um, as I said, there we go. Kick it off on that. So back to the subjects that we got here. So, you know, switching from Fi to Metro, because if I am going to switch to Metro, I am going to port my numbers from Google Fi over to Metro. I'm still keeping my visible line. Um, I'm not going to give that up. Obviously, most of you guys who've been following me for the longest time know that um you know i have like i have accumulated so much credit with visible that i still till today still don't pay a bill for visible and yes it is pretty windy outside so you guys might hear some wind i do have like a wind muff on the mic but i don't know how well that's going to work so this is kind of like a test too to kind of see uh but it is nice and windy today it's also kind of cold too but it feels great though i mean the breeze is great at least for me so if you guys can bear with it i appreciate it um Anyways, yeah, so let's let's kind of kick it off. We're going to talk about the Pixel 4a. I dropped a video um, after five months of having the Pixel 4a. I have it right here. We'll talk a little bit more about it on the podcast. You guys know that I I, I fan out on the on the Google Pixels. And then um, also going to talk about activating eSIM on Google Fi. Um, as I had an interesting conversation with Gene, um, I was trying to explain to him how to activate his Pixel 3 on Google Fi with eSIM and kind of explain a little bit of the differences with the Pixel 3 and then the much higher pixels. Um, so far, sounding pretty clear. Okay, great. Thank, uh, thanks a lot, Lino. Really appreciate that. Uh, you are already with Metro. The true question is, did, did you make a mistake? No, I'm not with Metro yet. I am going to switch to Metro. I don't know if I'm going to do it today or maybe next week. I'm not entirely sure. Because my dilemma is... You know, I've been a pretty big, you know, advocator for Google Fi. And um, my current situation and everything that I've been going through um, really has me looking now as, you know, there is one major flaw to Google Fi. And a lot of people have been pointing this out, you know, and I've never disagreed with anybody who's pointed out. It's just the way that my circumstances was Google Fi actually worked for me. But the way it is now, it's not working out so great. And that is that 22 gigabyte throttle cap that Google Fi has, which obviously, you know, is not going to be able to be something that could just extend because it's a deal agreement to have with T-Mobile. And this allows them to keep their price at $70 for unlimited um, and not having to raise it because in order for them to probably get like a much larger cap, they would need to shell out more money um, since they are basically, you know, leasing or renting a portion of T-Mobile's network for their customer base to use that network. You know, unless they completely ditch T-Mobile and just use with, you know, just stick with U.S. Cellular, but then U.S. Cellular is not everywhere like T-Mobile is. Um, there's places in Northern California that have U.S. Cellular, and it branches all the way into the Midwest. It's very popular in the Midwest, um, but like here in Phoenix, there's no U.S. Cellular coverage here, um, so that would be a problem. So yeah, I haven't made the switch yet to Metro, but I am really strongly considering it but before i make that jump the, the last piece to the puzzle is getting your guys's feedback on that and what do you guys think um for those people who have used metro by t-mobile how was it for you when you guys used it that, those are the things i'm going to ask so uh, but before we we go into that let me just kind of route it off to a little minor stuff and then we'll get into the whole metro thing also to pronounce the name oh lino uh hope you've been well tito is dominic from oh, okay okay got you got you dude got you yeah, yeah, I remember you. I remember you. Okay, got you. 
Well, it's because I have a friend. <laughs> His name is Lino, and it's spelled the same way. So uh, that's how I'm, I'm, I pronounce it like that. But my bad. I butchered your name. All right. So, you know, 100 lashes for me at the end of the day. Uh, I deserve my punishments. But anyways, so I'm going to get into activating um, a Pixel device on Google Fi with eSIM. And the reason I'm going to go into this is because I figured, you know, if – and I was typing it out on Gene's live stream last night, by the way. And I was using voice to text, so I was like just talking it, and of course it was typing up my words. Uh, thumbs, someone thumbs down the video. It's okay; it still helps circulate it. <laughs> uh, but the the craziest thing about it is, um, is no matter what I'll say, if, if I, I felt like I was confusing him because like I was telling Gene, like you know, um, log into your 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 Google Fi. Um, app on your Pixel 3, make sure it's on the correct Google account, and then activate. But when I was using the word activate, I guess he was just, he was thinking that I was trying to tell him, like, you know, create an entirely new account with new phone number. That's not what it means. Activate is just activating the phone on Google Fi service. So when, when you go in there, um, if you don't have a physical SIM in your Pixel device, it's going to option the eSIM. That's how you pretty much get it active on, on eSIM rather than physical SIM with Google Fi. But um, of course, you got to be connected to Wi-Fi because it's going to have to download your SIM information in order for the phone to work on the network. Tired, need sleep, LOL. <laughs> I know you've been having a crazy week, hon, so I know I know how tired you are. Um, but really, that's that's just pretty much it. Now, the thing with the Pixel 3, and I was trying to explain this to Gene, maybe, maybe he'll catch the replay on this and he'll kind of really understand, is that the, when the Pixel 3 came out, one of the big flaws about the Pixel 3 and having eSIM and physical SIM support was that it didn't have DSDS support, which is dual SIM, dual standby. Um, what that means is, is that dual SIM, dual standby means that you can have the eSIM and physical SIM with services on it. Now, as far as data, you'd only be able to choose one or the other for which data you're going to use. Text messaging, you can choose whichever uh, number you're going to text from. And phone calls, you can... You can switch that up. Um, so it allows you to use both services. You just can't use them exactly simultaneously, right? Um, with the Pixel 3, it has DSSS, so dual SIM, single standby, which means that when you choose, say, like you have Google Fi on the eSIM and you have AT&T on the physical SIM, when you're in settings in the uh, the network connections, you can only toggle on one of them. So if you're going to use Google Fi, that's the only one that's going to get text, calls, and data being used off of. And if you want to use AT&T, it's going to automatically turn off Google Fi. You can't have both running at the same time per se. And that's uh, one of the things that I kind of griped about with the Pixel 3 because uh, they did, uh, what was it? I forgot which version of Android it was on beta, but they were testing out dual SIM, dual standby. However, um, the problem was, was that there was only one IMEI assigned to a Pixel 3. So when you go into Pixel 3 and you look, there's only one IMEI. There's not two. When you go into like a Pixel 3a and up, and then you go into about device and settings and you look, you'll see two different IMEIs, one's for the eSIM, one's for, the, for physical SIM. Um, let's see. Should have got a notification from PayPal as well. Well, appreciate it. <laughs> I haven't gotten a, a notification yet. I'm not checking any notifications on my phones. I have those turned off. I think I do, or they might, they might not be. I don't know, but nothing came through yet, but at least notifying if it's there, it's there. But, uh, Lino, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our dog says, I was just thinking about if I should try Metro after Cricket just blacklisted my phone. Why did Cricket blacklist your phone? I'm noticing that companies are starting to do that. Great question. I've never used a Metro. Yeah. Uh, we have Isaac in the building. Yes, if you're able. Isaac says, yes, I should try it. Yeah, it was weird with the blacklisting thing because um, it happened to Carlos actually yesterday. He was, uh, you know, Carlos S-Tech speed test, right? And he's got like just about every carrier. He's got every postpaid carrier. He's got business accounts on those postpaids and then he's got prepaids. And he was using Net10 and Net10 blacklisted him because they said he was using too much data. I'll be right back. Okay, babe. I'll be here for a little while. Um, so that's kind of sad though. But yeah, man, um, let me know why they blacklisted you, dude. That's not cool. Um, so yeah, when when you when you're gonna activate a Google Pixel, just simply you know download the the Google Fi app um, to do eSIM on Google Fi. Just download the app. Make sure you don't have a physical SIM in there, um, and just connect to Wi-Fi. Open the app. Make sure it's logged in into your Google account, and then yeah, 
it's gonna it's gonna set you up with eSIM. Now, one of the things I did notice on Fi with with eSIM versus a physical SIM, I don't know why it's like this, but it seems like my speeds are slower with eSIM than it is with the physical SIM. Now, uh, when I do have Google Fi in my Pixel Five, it shows five G. It is low band five G. It's not millimeter wave or anything like that. And um, like I yield probably on a good day, less congestion, maybe about 215 megabits per second on the down and about 60 to 70 on the uplink. And uh, when I have the eSIM, it goes up to about maybe like 147 megabits per second and about 50 or 60 on, on the uplink. So I don't know. I don't know if it's just, you know, the differences between physical or eSIM. I got to do more research on that and really just kind of see. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, it is. It is that. But we can't say, you know, definitively for sure that it is until we actually do research. So that's um, that's some of the things that I need to uh, to look into. Yes, yeah, should be $10. I appreciate it, Lino. I really do. I really do. Uh, I'm at the park with my niece. Nice, dude. You got to get out more. Got to get out more and enjoy the sun. I guess there's a reason why like, I really like doing this outside rather than in- inside a room. Just, uh, outside, can see the sun, can see the day as it changes, feel the wind, um, all that good stuff. So pretty much enjoy that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's switch tracks real quick. So hopefully that was that that was a little bit informative and helpful as far as setting up eSIM. On, uh, on the Pixel device with Google Fi. And uh, eSIM does work for iPhones on Google Fi. Um, I forgot the method you got to use. But yeah, just go just go to fi.google.com and, uh, and look in support for activating iPhone on eSIM. And uh, it'll have all the steps there, what you got to do to do that. Um, I did get that done on the iPhone XS. So I know the iPhone XS says uh, eSIM can activate on Fi. So that's for sure. Um Let's see. It's sunny, but cold wind. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Um, it's actually been pretty cold here. And may- maybe not compared to like, you know, northern states, northern Midwest states, but or northwest states or even northeast states, but basically the north. Um, but anyways, it's actually been kind of cold over here. I mean, Scottsdale just got some snow. So that's like the first time uh, in a couple of years. Because the last time they, they had snow drop in Scottsdale, I think was like four years ago or five years ago. Um, but yeah, this, this past, um, this past week, it, it dropped some snow and like Flagstaff got really snowed out that they pretty much stopped anybody from leaving Flagstaff or coming in, which, you know, this weekend, uh, this past weekend, we were actually going to take the kids to see snow again. And we were thinking about going out to Flagstaff and good thing we didn't, because if we were there and spent the weekend there, we would have been trapped there until today <laughs> today or i think yesterday they started letting people go but yeah it, it it dropped a good amount of powder up there and uh scottsdale got some snow but not 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 the type of snow that sticks you know what i mean and um in metro phoenix area it just basically got a lot of sleet um and yeah for the first time in a while um ice like water froze over the streets so we had black ice so we had people sliding around like freaking penguins on the road because people here don't know how to drive on ice rarely happens here in phoenix but like even in even the southern part of arizona like in nogales area and and around there they got they got snow so i mean yeah this 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 storm that just passed this past uh this past week that's um probably out in the midwest by now um dropped some some a good amount of powder um anyways let's go talk pixel 4a i dropped a video you guys can go and check that video out where i pretty much do like a review on the pixel 4a just kind of um i'm busy sweetie um, um, well, if he breaks it, he's going to pay for it with his phone. <laughs> Enough. I don't want to hear fighting, guys. When you're a parent. Mario says, I'm in PA. It's really cold uh, in PA right now. It's about 30 degrees. Oh, wow. Here, let's see. Here, it just got to 60 degrees. It's uh, 2.24 p.m. my time. And it just got to 60 degrees. So we're in the low 60s right now. Um, since this morning, I think like what? It was like 5 o'clock. Uh, my fiance woke up to go to work. And yeah, her windshield was frozen over. So <laughs> uh, it's 51 in, in Fort Worth, Texas. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's there. That, that's what it was here at about 9 o'clock this morning. It was 51 here. Uh, we're, now, we're now at 60 here in Phoenix. But. 
Yeah, Pixel 4a. Um, I, I don't know, I think some people got issue with me calling this the phone of the year for 2020. And um, you know what? That's that's an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. People are like the iPhone SE is the, the, the phone of the year for 2020. People are like the, the Samsung Galaxy S20 Fan Edition is a phone of the year. Um, oh, no. The computer's crapping out on you again. I'm telling you, babe. I'm telling you. They need to freaking either get you a new computer or they need the IT team to come inside there and start upgrading the RAM. Because that's, that's really what was probably causing it to be so sluggish and like, and continue to be like waiting, 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 and all that other stuff is because they can't process commands that your software is giving because it doesn't have enough memory to do it. So they need to upgrade the memory on that computer. But that computer is Stone Age anyway. They should just upgrade, upgrade you guys to like a brand new computer that's going to last for another 10, 15 years if they could, you know, maintain it. But anyways, yeah. So there, there's a lot of great phones out there that um, that came out in 2020. And I said, for me, for my opinion, for me, I vote Pixel 4a as phone of the year for the year 2020 i mean first of all i have the pixel 5 right here i'm actually using the hotspot on it to do this live stream but i have the pixel 5 and i have the pixel 4a and i use them side by side okay now i don't care for specifications and what's written in black and white i don't care i go by the the the, uh, the user experience and um the user interface and how it works Right. So basically, it's just the experience that I have. And the Pixel 4a is blazing fast when maneuvering through the UI. Smooth enough that it's identical to the Pixel 5. Now, we're talking about two different processing chips here. Even though they're both in the 700 series, the 4a has a 730G and the um, the 5 has a 765G. Right. And we know the 765G is 5G capable, has the X52 modem in it. So... But that's not all that kind of separates this, the 765 from the 730. There are slight differences that, you know, as far as power that separates it. Yet the optimization in Android with the 730G really, really, really kind of just brings that out. Um, and it's, so it's really smooth. And, and I have to give it that. Um, this is mostly for foreign phones like Huawei, Lenovo, et cetera. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me go back real quick. Uh, with Cricket eliminating 3G on January 19th, if you remove your SIM card like I did, it won't let you reactivate it. Yeah, they're really um, – a lot, a lot of network carriers are really starting to try to put down um, 3G already. Um, really, there's like the advancements in 5G. Um, so, like, 4G LTE would be, like, how we looked at 3G in the last five years. Um, so that that would be like the fallback signal, which is not bad. 4G LTE is still pretty solid. Still pretty solid. Works fine for me. I still can watch movies and stuff like that off my phone. So, I mean, it's still pretty good um, as far as the data deliverance, and especially um, with, with all the spectrum that's you know being added. Um, it's just getting faster and faster. On the LTE side is what I'm talking about. Also with carrier aggregation. You have all those things you know to really look into. Shout out Sneed Mobile Tech. You guys should follow him if you guys really want to learn a lot about the network as he covers it extensively. And also shout out to Carlo S Tech. You guys should follow him too because he does the net <clears throat> he does a lot of speed testings with various different carriers to show you guys what you guys can expect if you guys join those carriers, especially if you live around the area that he lives at. And um, he also knows a lot about tech. And then Caleb, um, shout out to him. Uh Caleb, very, very immersed uh in the network as uh he knows a lot a lot about it but i mean a lot of those guys in the smt nation pretty much know a lot about that so if you guys really want to learn more then definitely hit them up on it but yeah kind of sad to see that that happened though because a lot of people who don't like to upgrade who's been with their phone for like the longest of time are now going to be forced to upgrade because yeah um shutting down 3g access obviously no signal unless you have a 4g lte device or a 5g capable phone that's the way it goes but i, I don't understand why that they're you know like i mean I don't know. I feel like that 3G should still be around. I honestly feel like that 2G is the one that they need to get rid of. The Because, I mean, most carriers that, that throttle, most prepaids that throttle, you know what I mean? When you pass your high-speed data allowance, you get dropped down to 128 kilobits per second. That's 2G speeds. Um, 3G is still more than capable. But, I mean, you know what? They know what they're doing. And so we'll, we'll see where that goes from there. But yeah, so like I was saying, back to the Pixel 4a, you know, I, I called it the, the phone of the year for 2020. It just, it does everything that I really want out of a smartphone, right? Run stock Android. You guys know me. I like stock Android. I mean, Samsung's One UI looks pretty cool. TouchWiz was freaking horrible. LG's UI just doesn't really pop for me, you know, whatever, whatnot. 
Um, so, I mean, to me, just, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a vanilla guy. Just a plain cake is fine with me. I don't need icing on a cake to enjoy it. And I look at Android the very same way. I don't need a lot of different things on, you know, my phone as far as, like, the UI and everything like that to really – what? No. Go. Then go play. <laughs> That was my youngest son. So my youngest daughter came and she was mad that her brother threw her phone, she says. And now my youngest son came and he's like, I'm not grounded so I can play a game. Yeah. yeah. The other ones are grounded off video games, but I'm not going to get into that. But anyways. Yeah. So so I get Android works out great for me. I just just like the way that it is. And especially now the way that Android has evolved from what it was to what it is now. Um, you can even say that, you know, it is, it is customizable. Now it may not be fully customizable. Like if you had like a launcher, what, what was that one launcher? Nova launcher. If you have that or any other, you know, third-party launcher that you can find on, on, um, on the play store. But that's the thing about it. You can always find a launcher if you really want to customize Android, but if you're okay with stock Android, you're just like the customizations that it currently has, you're good with it and you're good. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing extra to add on. Uh, this is mostly for form phone. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I read that comment already. Um, but yeah, so now stock Android, it's fast, smooth, responsive. Under under any under any conditions, right? So if I have visible on there, it's it's smooth, it's solid. If I have AT and T on there, it's solid. If I have Google Fi on there, it's solid. Um, so on any network that I've been using, now whether it's T Mobile, AT and T, you know, or um, technically. Verizon with uh, the prepaids. Um, it's actually been really good. Now, my thing that, that I look at here, which, which kind of makes it kind of edge over the Pixel 5, is the camera. Now, sure, it doesn't have the dual camera set up in the back like the Pixel 5 does, so you don't get an ultra-wide and then, you know, a wide-angle uh, lens. You just get a single wide-angle lens in the back, and then, of course, you have the punch hole um, selfie cam in the front. But I don't know. I've taken some photos with the Pixel 4a and with the Pixel 5. And don't get me wrong, the Pixel 5 takes really, really good photos. At the end of the day, I will tell anybody it takes really, really, really good photos. But the Pixel 4a's photo seems to me, in my opinion, to be just slightly edged better over the Pixel 5. And I'm talking about, you know, color representation. I'm talking about clarity in the photo shot. I'm talking about vividness with... Um, with the uh, color saturations, but not overdoing it, the exposure, those things I'm looking at when the photo and, you know, it just, it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm blown away. The Pixel 4 uh, photos is just really, really, really solid in, in my book. It's really solid. Um, and then of course, battery life, even though it has a 3140 milliamp hour battery, the, the battery life in it is, is pretty good. It hangs in there. It hangs in there all day. Um, and that's for the way that I use it. Now, some people would be like, it doesn't have great battery. And that's probably because, you know, they like to game, you know, on their mobile phones. And that, of course, that will kill your battery. So for me, I always say this, if, if you are a heavy gamer on your mobile phone, seek a phone that has a 4,500 milliamp hour battery to a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Like seriously, if you're going anything that's below 4,000, you're not, your phone's not going to last you all day. It's just not happening, you know? Um, games today are getting so intricate and, and using up so much power to, to bring, um, you know, the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, for it. Um, the, 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 the game, the gaming resolution experience to be top notch, right? Like most people would rather game, you know, with like 128 frames per second, you know, on their gaming, they, they obviously they want it, you know, to be smooth and they want it to buffer. So they got to pick a carrier that has a low ping. Um, that way, you know, they're not buffering so much when they're actually like online gaming. A lot of those things play a factor, but definitely battery is going to be that factor. Without power, you don't have a device to game on. So um, I, that's the advice I would give to anybody out there who is looking to game a lot on their smartphone. Don't seek a phone below 4,000. Like 4,000 is like the baseline for a gaming phone because you'll be able to get a good amount of time gaming, maybe like three hours at max and then you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to charge up uh why am i getting okay so notifications was on but i'm probably not logged into paypal oh, i'm not logged into paypal on the on the pixel 4a that's crazy um 
So, but anyways, yeah, that, that, that's just for the gaming stuff. But just for like a smartphone to use, you know, everyday stuff. Um, yeah, uh, Lino, I got it. It's in there. Um, but just like you know, for for stuff that that you want to use, you know, like if you're gonna be on social media, live streaming from your phone, you know, to Twitter or Haps or whatever um, streaming platform you're on. Uh, the 4A is solid on that. I mean, I've I've done live streams like the other night. Um, me and my uh, my baby went out to to dinner. We went to an Italian restaurant called Oregano's, and um, we sat at the bar and ordered our food. And while I was waiting for the food, I decided to go live on Twitter. Now, when I got to the bar and I did a live stream, it was at 94%. I had 94% battery, and a 10 minute live stream, you know, on uh, on Visible. So Visible was the line of service that I was using on it. A 10-minute live stream, when I was done with the live stream, it was still at 94%. To me, that's actually pretty good because I've seen phones where you live stream and you could be at 94%. You do a 10-minute live stream, just a quick little live stream on like Periscope or Twitter or whatever. And when you get back on there, it's already dropped down to like 90 or 89%. Yeah, I mean, because it you know does it does use battery. Obviously, it's trying to maintain a solid connection between you and the network, right? So not only having the downlink, but you definitely have to have the uplink. And in order for your phone to stay connected to the tower so that way your live stream is smooth, it's going to start ramping up and sucking up battery juice to keep that signal strong. That's how it works. That's why when you have like a, you know, network carrier, that's not all the great, you know, maybe in your area, T-Mobile is not the greatest. You also notice that your battery depletes a lot faster. That's just because it's trying to stay connected to the T-Mobile network. So, um, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with just that little 10-minute live stream that I did not drop 1%. Um, so, I mean, those are some of the things that I think about. Like, yeah, it doesn't have wireless charging. It doesn't have IP rating certification. Yo, yo, yo. Um, sorry, but, um, yeah, I, I forgot what, what Facebook said to do in order for the user's name on Facebook side to actually show who they are. I'm going to assume that's Latrell. I could be wrong. <laughs> um but yeah, so, uh, you know, plastic body build, like me, I'm, I'm a simple person. I mean, some people will give me all the reasons in the world why you have to have a glass phone or, or a metal phone or a metal and glass combination, whatever, whatnot. I don't care about those things. I can care less if the phone is built with polycarbonate or if it's made with, you know, durable, you know, glass or, you know, sapphire glass or made out of a diamond. I don't care. You know, the phone just got to be functional. It just has to do what I need it to do. Oh, it's everyday tech. Gotcha, dude. Hey, welcome on the Facebook side from the from the Facebook group. Appreciate you for being here, bro. But yeah, so I'm not too concerned about the you know the uh, the material used to build the phone. Now, if it's like absolutely cheap plastic, like the type of plastic they used on the um, the next bit Robin, then yeah, you got a little bit more to worry about because I mean the the plastic on the next bit Robin was very frail. Um, what was it? Jerry rigs everything. Just barely put enough pressure on the casing of the phone itself. And snapped it in half completely. That that plastic was bad. There's the trail. <laughs> um, so, you know, polycarbonate seems to be much more durable. And uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean, Latrell. I didn't even know that that uh, that that B Ross was in here. Um, Brandon from Everyday Tech uh, just showed Facebook user, but yeah, he told me who he was. So now I know. Uh, glass is overrated. It has, it has its benefits, but I'll take the cost savings all day. Yeah. And as long as the phone is sturdy, you know what I mean? Because, like, really, when it comes down to it, like, I know people like watching YouTube videos where they're like, we're going to do a Ben test. But who really says, hey, guys, you know, I just had my morning coffee. I just ate breakfast. I feel like just bending my phone. Like, who does that? Nobody. You know, unless, unless you got money to burn it, you don't care. But no one really wants to bend their phone now i get why some people are worried about you know bending or snapping their phones because they tend to put their phone in the back pocket like okay women doing that that you know that's a woman thing um i don't know why a guy would put his phone phone in the back pocket for on his ass cheek because uh, we can do some damage sitting down so you're gonna break a phone <laughs> uh jose what's up man welcome welcome to the podcast man appreciate you for being here uh you said there's a trail you was talking about me I thought I thought it was you because, uh, yeah, um, Everyday Tech is is uh, watching from from the Facebook group, and so it only shows Facebook user. And the last time when I was live and you said what's up, that's what it showed there was Facebook user. So I thought it was you. Uh, yeah, it gets confusing, right, when you don't know who it is. I forgot what they said you had to do in order for your actual thing. It had to do on your guys's end, 
of how your settings are for privacy or whatever for it to actually show who you are from the Facebook side. But anyways, yeah, so a plastic built phone doesn't bother me. The, the photography is good out of it. You know what I mean? And like people have their preferences. And so you guys know me, I, I prefer pixels, right? There's people that prefers one plus and they will ride or die for one plus. Shout out to that one plus guy, Rishi, AKA alter tech. Shout out, shouts out to him. Um, you know, he, you know, he's been a very big uh, advocate for, one plus even worked for the, for their team at one point. Um, I forgot what, what, what he was doing with them, but yeah, he worked with one plus for a while. So looks like you're doing well. Um, yeah, I mean, just aside from being outside, enjoying the, the sun, enjoying the breeze. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, that is my thoughts on the pixel four a uh, $349 is pretty solid. And that and and and, I, and when you watch a lot of people's videos on YouTube when they do reviews about the Pixel 4a, that's the first thing they lead in with, is that the pricing is three hundred and forty nine dollars. Uh, OnePlus devices are nice. I wish they had an ecosystem. There, I've, you know what? Talk with Alter Tech about that because if I'm not mistaken, he did mention that OnePlus is moving in that direction of having other things to create an ecosystem similar to you know Android and Chrome OS and of course um, iOS and iPad OS and Mac OS. So. Uh, hit him up and see, because he has a lot of info on OnePlus. I would definitely, anyone that wants to know anything about OnePlus devices, hit up AlterTech, a.k.a. Rishi, a.k.a. that OnePlus guy. Hit him up, because he knows a lot about it. He's he's dealt with them. He has business dealings with them, so uh, he's got insight. Stop rubbing in your perfect weather. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I told you I would, you know, if, if I had wizardry powers, I would so totally switch the weather here in Phoenix and take your weather and you can have mine. I mean, yeah, it'll, you know, it's sunny. It's it's breezy. It's like 60 degrees right now. So, I mean, it's cool. It's not freezing cold, but yeah, I mean, I can only imagine if it's like 21 degrees or 18 degrees. Yeah, you, you definitely have to. I mean, I can wear a T-shirt outside and I'm good, you know. Depressing <laughs> Kenosha weather. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> sorry about that, bro. Sorry, but uh, so I'm switching tracks into the main into the main topic of this podcast, and that is, you know, should I go and even give Metro by T-Mobile a try? And like I said in the beginning of this uh, podcast, that the numbers I'm porting over to Metro by T-Mobile would actually be Google Fi. So it is Google Fi that I'm walking away from. Um, now I've looked around. I looked at Cricket. Cricket was an option, uh, but you know, it really didn't it didn't entice me enough to go to them. Um, let's see, it's twenty five here. Oh wow, that's still that's twenty five degrees, man. That's cold. Uh, I'm with Metro by T Mobile, and it works great for me. I'm in the North North Carolina area. Nice. Yeah, T Mobile's T Mobile doesn't it's it's not bad here in Phoenix. It's actually gotten better. Right, obviously, because I have Google Fi and Google Fi works great. My only gripe with Google Fi is, you know, um, basically, if you have zero home Wi-Fi access, right, which currently is 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 my position right now, zero home Wi-Fi access, you're using, you know, hot like little hotspot things, right? Um, you will kill twenty-two gigabytes faster than anything. And I'm not a heavy, heavy um, data user. I, at least I thought I wasn't until I can kill 22 gigabytes in, you know, um, like almost two weeks. So that means I'm going like half the month with high speed data and then half the month with very, very slow data because they don't deprioritize. They don't have that same thing that like Metro has. Metro, there's their deprioritization. I think it's like when I read the website it said like over 35 if you go over 35 gigs and it's congested, you will be deprioritized for the time of the congestion and your speeds will turn to normal. And I can I can deal with that. I can totally deal with that. What I can't deal with is when is when you know Google Fi is like, "Yeah, you're slowed for the remainder of your bill cycle, but if you want more high-speed internet, then you got to pay $10 per gig." Like, no. Let's see. Google Fi does not throttle video either. Yeah, but they do throttle you after you hit 22 gigs. And trust me, I've I've been watching um I've been watching stuff like on Tubi TV. I've been watching YouTube, and it kills pretty fast. Now, if you're a person that you know has whole Wi-Fi, which you know I can say this because I did before, 
then yeah, Google Fi would have never been a problem. At home, you're always connected to home Wi-Fi. When you leave the house is when you actually use data. And when you're you know driving around and running errands, you're not really like watching content and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So in, in this amount of time that I've been using Google Fi, and it's, it's you know, the last two months, it's just been really killed off um, at the, you know, 22 gig mark and being really slow. It's just like, I can't expect, you know, Google to say, okay, we're going to raise the throttle cap higher because that means they're going to have to pay T-Mobile a lot more to do that, which means that we, the customers, are going to have to pay more on our plan. So instead of it being 70, it could be $100 a month for a single line and then 150 for two lines, you know, as, as a family discount thing. And that's not good. Uh, yeah, I need unlimited. Otherwise, I'm going to have some pretty expensive bills. Yeah, so, you know, it's not that I say that, that Google Fi would actually absolutely crap out and suck. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, you know, um, I, after I port out, because I intend to port my numbers over to, to Metro by T-Mobile, I don't know if we're doing that today, if we're doing that next week. I'm not sure. Might be able to do it today. Um, but I still need to have like a Google Fi line. But if I if I open if I open another Google Fi line, it's not going to be on the unlimited plan. It's going to be on the, you know, the, the the flexible plan where it's like twenty dollars for unlimited talk and text, and then the data will be turned off on the phone that I have. And the only reason why is because, like I said, my mom's in Thailand. That's the only way I can call her and be able to talk to her without having to pay, you know, for international calling or a per minute rate for international calls. Um. Yeah, you may have home internet, but no, I don't have Cox anymore, dude. Like I moved. I'm not even in the same place anymore. And the place that I'm at, um, yeah, the CenturyLink is just not that great. So I can't even rely on it. My niece works for Metro and she says it's a good company, a good service. I appreciate that. So I'm getting a lot of positives on this, you know, switching to Metro. As the, the other reason that the other the other positive I was looking into it, and I'm actually gonna share my screen now with you guys so you guys can see. I'm like, I'll just checking out Metro's website. So, all right, there we go. Yeah, okay, so good, we got it up there. All right, so, I mean, you know, what what you get as far as, like, additional, you know, add-ons. Hold on, I mean, I'd rather just make this full screen, so let me just do this. Boom. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, so, you know, you got 40, 50, and 60, right? Uh, currently, right now... If I port over, I'm only going to be porting over two lines from Google Fi. So it's going to cost me about $90, and that's taxes and fees included. But they also have this promo thing, you know, get four lines for $120. So I'm looking at here, if I get a third line, it's $120 a month flat rate. And then if I add a fourth line, that fourth line would be free. If I add a fifth line, it would be $150 a month. So I would have five lines on Metro. So at a point, once um, the the phone services that both my my young daughters have, when that plan is over, because it was for it was a year subscription, well, when that's over, I can bring them over to to Metro and just put the whole family under one plan, including my my son who's on Visible. He might stay on Visible, he might not. Uh, but either way, you know, uh, five lines, hundred fifty bucks, and I'll still keep my Google One subscription because. Metro gives you that, you know, with the 100 gigabytes of uh, cloud storage on Google One. I have that. But then they also give you Amazon Prime, too. So, you know, means I won't be paying for Amazon Prime or Google One because that's included with the plan that I choose to go to if I go to um, to Metro by T-Mobile. So I'm saying to myself, why not? Here it's CenturyLink. And CenturyLink in Phoenix, Arizona is not that great. I'll tell you that much right now. It's not. I've had it before um they're just not that good so like like literally um the uh the internet plan was just was just uh like having my 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 son's laptop for zoom calls for his his uh remote learning schooling and then my daughter's and theirs um a lot of them were just like it was crashing a lot so my daughter's school ended up giving us a little uh, one of those little um, MiFi hotspot boxes that the school was giving out that has like, it's free and it's, un- it, you know, it's unlimited. So it's not like, you know, it's not capped like at a hundred gigs of data a month or whatever, anything, anything like that. The school's giving them out and uh, my daughters are using that for their schools and it, yeah, it runs on T-Mobile and, and it's running just fine for them. But uh, yeah, when I'm doing these podcasts and I'm outside too, 
I'm actually using the hotspot on my Pixel 5 with the AT&T Business Elite line that that uh, Carlos is letting me use. So that's what's that's what I'm using to stream this podcast right now is that. But yeah, the the Metro plan just seems, you know, like I'm getting a little bit more. But obviously I'm getting the T-Mobile connection and I already know how that connection is here in in Phoenix, Arizona and especially like surrounding outside cities such as, you know, Scottsdale, Mesa, Chandler, um, Peoria, Glendale, Happy Valley, um, Ahwatukee, like all around those areas. I know, I know how T-Mobile functions in those areas. So I'm not, I'm not concerned that, you know, I'm going to have like a crappy experience being on T-Mobile because Google Fi ran pretty good. And I'm pretty sure Google Fi has a low QCI level on T-Mobile's network because obviously it's, it's MVNO, it's Google, but it's using T-Mobile's network. So that's uh, some of the things that I'm thinking about here. Uh, Latrell says, I don't get why more carriers aren't taking advantage of Amazon Prime promo. This is the best promo to offer. I'm still a little pissed on how Amazon's been been, been doing things as far as like on a different scale. I mean, but I'm not going to tell people to boycott Amazon because what they did to Parler and, and, and all this other stuff. Like, I, that's going to be ridiculous. But I am kind of like disappointed. And I'm also disappointed in Google and in Apple and what they did. Um. You think T-Mobile, which owns Metro by T-Mobile, would also include um, Prime in your plan? But no, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know why. I looked at that too because I was also thinking about joining just T-Mobile Postpay. I was looking at that too as an option or whatever. But uh, well, I was looking at that. I was like, wait a minute, you know, like, I mean, yeah, you get T-Mobile Tuesday, you get that. But I mean, like, you know, there's, there's just, there's other things that you're not getting, and I'm just like, why? But obviously, you know. The, the big key thing there is that you're on T-Mobile postpaid. So when you're talking about priority levels, you being a customer on T-Mobile's network, being a T-Mobile postpaid customer, your, your uh, priority is higher than a Metro customer and definitely higher than Mint Mobile and, and you know, Google Fi and, and, and other MVNOs that run on T-Mobile's network. So those are some of the things you have to think about. Carlos loves his business plans, uh, him and Sneed. Yeah, they do. They do. The AT&T business elite is, is solid. And what's the plan on, um, wait, and what's the plan on changing? What's on your mind, bro? Just the fact is, is that I would rather deal with data, data deprioritization on congested times versus you've used 22 gigabytes, you're slowed for the rest of the month. Because that is the problem with Google Fi. They they have a 22 gigabyte cutoff. Not, not cutoff where they cut off your data, but like, after that, like my my icon on my phone, my Pixel Five could say 5G, but when I do like a speed test, it shows like not even one megabit per second on the down or up link, and that's just because I've crossed that 22 gigabyte threshold. And a lot of people will be like, "Well, why can't they just change it? Why can't they just change it?" But they can't. This is an agreement that Google has had with T-Mobile in order to use their network. If they wanted a higher um, throttle cap, they would have to pay more. But if they're going to pay more to T-Mobile to lease the network usage, they have to charge their customers more. And I sure as hell am not going to pay a hundred or 110 or 115 a month just to have, you know, a 50 gigabyte cap on, on, on Google Fi. No way. No way would I do that. What would be the point? You know, with me switching over to Metro by T-Mobile, taking my line and my fiance's line, I'll be paying $90 a month for two lines. Once my daughters, cause um, you know, my, my kids, they're, they're, they're under 10. So they don't really need like, well, back then last year, they didn't really need a lot. They just needed a phone for me to call them and for them to call me until schools were shut down. Cause that was the whole point um, that they were able to get phone lines through Q-Link. And the whole purpose was because, you know, scheduling and stuff like that, my oldest daughter would have to walk, you know, my youngest daughter and my youngest son home from school. So I wanted them to have a phone in case of emergencies to call 911 or to call me. Um, but then schools didn't open up. So I'm just like, when this thing is over, I'll just move them on to Metro. So if I take my oldest son, my two daughters and bring their phone lines over along with their moms and my line, that's five lines. That's 150 a month, five lines for 150 a month. That's doable. And it's not, it's not capped data is deprioed, which I'm okay with. Because Phoenix is a very large city, and um, where I'm at most of the time, there's hardly any con- any congestions on these towers here, versus 
actually in like the downtown Phoenix area where obviously it's really going to get congested. So I'm not too worried about congestion for me being deprioritized. So I'll be okay. And as long as I'm getting at least minimum 100 megabits per second on the down and like 25 to 40 megabits per second on the up, I'm okay. I know everyone's chasing 5G. I'm all right with just having those speeds. As long as I can still watch you know, other people's YouTube videos like Latrell when he posts on his channel, Ascentech, or when Sneed goes live or when Carlos goes live. If I can just do those things, I'm golden. Golden. I don't game a lot. So I don't really game too much on my phone. I game on my Chromebooks when it comes to um, to Stadia. It's a whole, a whole different thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, you see the new Teslas? No. I. You know what, dude? I really don't follow Teslas. <laughs> oh, I know, right? What the hell, Tito? You're supposed to be about tech, but you don't follow Teslas. Why not? Well, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I, I mean, I like cars, but I mean, I like, I like old cars. <laughs> I like, you know, I like import tuners. I like, you know, the, uh, the, the older muscle cars, you know, more mechanical, less electronical cars. You know what I mean? I'm not a fan of this. You know, my car can self-drive. I'm just not <laughs> as crazy as it is. I'm just not. All right. Let me, uh, take this back off right now. There we go. Just kind of switch it around. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Tesla's, you know, I mean, I get they're, they're cool as hell, right? Um, they can drive on their own. So, you know, I think Teslas would be beneficial if you travel a lot across country because you can, like, if you do business, right, and you got to travel from, like, this city to that city, that city to that city, and then back to your home city, that Tesla would come really in handy because you would be able to make make you know make up good timing to get to where you want to go. But then I would be, I'd be freaking out, too, because, like, my car self-driving itself and I'm asleep in, you know, in, in the driver's side per se. And I wake up and I just my car just so happens to be pushed by the wind. Cause there's certain places where the wind kicks really high and I'll push your car. Like I've had that happen before. Um I'll share the story about when that happened. Of course, this one is, you know, obviously your car would get pushed. But when I lived in Oklahoma and I was driving back from Lawton, Oklahoma to Altus, where I lived, that night. There happened to drop a tornado out there in the rural area because it's like it's a rural stretch of land between Lawton and, and Altus, and uh, and a tornado dropped, probably an F one. You know, it wasn't like a major tornado, but when once that once that funnel hit the ground, oh my god, it blew a lot of wind. And they usually tell you that when there's a tornado, it's on the ground, it's nearby you. Don't try to outrun the tornado because you can end up you know being killed. You know, find a safe space, pull over, get yourself down in a ditch, lay down face down, cover your head and your like, cover your ears keep your face protected and just let it. Cause like, if you're in a ditch, it's not going to suck you up. If it goes over you, I don't know. It just, you have a good odds chance of survival, but I wasn't going to take that chance. So I floored it. You know, I'm in my, you know, I had, at the time I had my, my 1994 Toyota Tercel. I was, I was, you know, I was into the car scene. Um, I did a motor swap on it instead of it having its stock. Um, was it three E motor? I put it in a five EFTE. So I took an actual motor from a Toyota Paseo since it was um, dual overhead because the stock motor for a 94 Tercel was a single overhead, weak as hell. So I put a 5 EFT in there, and, um, yeah, like I, I did all kinds of modifications to that car. So when I was flying it down um, the Highway 60, I floored it. And um, at one point, just a gust of wind from the funnel just pushed my car into the next lane. Luckily, I wasn't on the far left lane. Otherwise, I would have went into the middle ditch in between um, – the, the highway lanes. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that, that's happened. And if that happens to your Tesla while you're an autopilot and you're sleeping and then all of a sudden you feel light on your eyes because you look up and a semi is coming at you. I just, I don't know. I would rather have control over my car than a computer control my car. So um, yeah, I'm just lying. Ah, no, you know, I'm just, I don't know. Old cars are really nice, dude. They're beasts. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, kind of sad though, because my dad has uh, a sixty, a sixty-four, sixty-four Fairlane, but he has a four-door. See, a lot of people when they look for the Ford Fairlane, they look for the two-door, right? Um, my dad has a four-door, so um, kind of sad. He's gonna sell it. He's gonna sell the car. 
because he just doesn't have the time and the money to put into it. Like he wanted to restore this car, and trust me, this car was badass. And 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 um, you know, for it being how old it was and it was well maintained from the previous owner, so like the body's original. There wasn't any jobs done to the body itself, right? And uh, there's no rust or anything like that. Very, very, very well preserved. Um, of course, it's uh, it's standard, but it's not it's not your standard, like your normal standard. So the shifting is actually in the column. So you have like, you know, steering wheel shifter right here. But instead of it going up and down like the automatics, it's actually an H column shifter. Sweet car. And I don't have the money to put into it myself. Otherwise, I would love for it to be passed down to me or buy it off my dad. But I know, even if I was to tell my dad, like, hey, you know what? Like, how much would you sell the car for? I'll buy it off of you if he's like, you know, a thousand bucks or 800 bucks or 600 bucks or whatever he's going to sell it for. I don't know what he's going to sell it for. He never told me a price. But, you know, if he was to sell it and I could afford it and I bought it, 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 it would just do the same thing that I was doing at my dad's house. It would just sit. I don't have the money to invest in, in you know, fixing this car up. And it's such a beautiful car that I would love to see somebody actually fix this thing up. But like, I wouldn't want anyone to like throw like 28 inch rims on this thing and turn it into a donk or anything like that. Like to me, that's just, no, this, this thing needs to be restored. Like it did when it came out the factory back in 64, it needs to come out that way. Yeah. And, and, and it has a lot of the same thing. I mean, like the seats need to be reupholstered. So of course, you know, there is um, some, some fading and a little bit of wear and tear on the seats. It's got bench seats in the front and the back. Um, yeah. So basically um, six person seater, technically you can actually fit eight people in there. Cause you can fit two in the middle, one on the right side, one on the passenger side, the driver, and then four more people in the back. It's, it's wide body, um, heavy, heavy car. Uh, and because it is uh 1964, technically, if a cop stops you for no seatbelt, he can't give you a ticket because when that car came out, the, it was never manufactured with a seatbelt and they cannot force you to modify the vehicle to have a seatbelt. So you can't get a ticket. At least in Oklahoma, you can't. I don't know about other states, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really solid car. Actually, you know what? Maybe I can just Google a photo of it and show you guys what it looks like. So um, let me open another browser here. And 1964. Ford. Wasn't talking to you. Wasn't talking to you, Googs. Um, okay, so this is actually the... Uh, yeah, so this is the one that the most people are looking for. Because um, every time my dad says that he has a Ford Fairlane... Um, People are like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to look at it. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. But what they're actually talking about, that what they want to find, is this one right here. Um, wait. Yeah, I hit shared. What the heck happened? There it goes. Right. So let me switch this around. So the uh, Ford Fairlane Coupe, that's what a lot of, uh, a lot of car enthusiasts are looking for is that particular model. And my dad doesn't have that one. He has the four-door. And I'm trying to see on here um, if they have the four-door one so you guys can see what it looks like. Uh, oh, there it is. Well, I mean, it kind of looks like this one, except that the back is a little bit different. The back has the fins. But that's almost similar to what, to what my dad's one looks like. But his is all blue. Yeah. And the lights are different on his, so maybe it's not a 64. Hang on. Let me go back a little bit. Okay, there we go. That's 65, 67. Let me just put like four door. Maybe that'll like narrow it down. Uh, da, 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 da. Nope, it's got to be earlier than that. Uh, there we go. There it is. Oh, 63. 
No, wait, no, I'm not trying to go to the... Oh, that's a Ford Falcon. That's not a fair lane. Someone's got one on eBay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to look at the window. Not the window, but I wanted to look at the car itself. Oh, here we go. Yeah, there it is. So it's got like the fin right there. That's uh, that's what my dad has, and his is blue. Yeah, yeah. So my dad has one one of the so it's a sixty three Fairlane, not sixty four. I was wrong. Um, but my dad has this for sale. He has one for sale, and the body looks like I mean, as far as like in this photo, the body. That's how that's how the body of my dad's car looks. Like as far as like um, how well maintained it is. So there's no rust, there's no dents, nothing like that. Um, I wish I did have the money. I really, 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 really just wish I did. Because honestly, what I would do, you know, before I close out this podcast, because we're hitting the one hour mark, well, what I would do, you know, if I had all the money in the world to do it, I literally would buy the car off my dad. Wouldn't expect him to give it to me for free. I would buy it off of him. And then I would restore it. And I'm talking about, I know my dad, he likes canary yellow as a color. So I'd probably get like, you know, the car painted, get it done canary yellow, maybe put some, some white wall tires on it. Uh, give it that old classic look. Just kind of, you know, restore the insides, go from, um, from um, polyester cushioning to leather to the seats, um, recondition the steering wheel and, and, and shine it. You know what I mean? So it doesn't look all you know sun faded. I would totally restore. I would even seek to find like the original, like uh, the original stereo that's functional and swap out with the stereo that's inside of it right now. Restore everything to that car in pristine condition and then surprise my dad and give it to him as a gift and then take a ride with my dad. Let him drive and I'll, I'll sit shotgun. And uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would, I would, um, I would I would wish I could do that for my dad. Cause I know how much my dad wanted that car fixed. And I I know how much I mean, you know, there are some issues to it, but um I know he definitely wanted to restore that car. He just doesn't have the funds to do it, you know what I mean? Um that's kind of sad. But one thing I'll tell you this if you get if you have a car like that, even though it doesn't have no seatbelt, yeah, you don't want to wreck because the dashboard is made out of metal. It's like it's not aluminum. It's made out of freaking metal. So if you crash and you whack your head on the dashboard, if you're on the if you're on the passenger side, you're gonna split your head open. Because my dad was like, "Feel that," and I went and I sat shotgun in the car so he can show me the car and the the H column steer, um, the H column uh, shifter and everything like that. And I hit the the dash. I'm like, "This thing is solid metal. This ain't even aluminum or or plastic." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You see how dangerous the car was? No seat belts because they were never made with seat belts." And if you wreck, you die. <laughs> or, you, or you're going to get a nice splitting headache, one of the two. Um, anyways, guys, yeah. Um, so if you know anyone that's like interested in a 1963 Ford Fairlane that likes to restore older vehicles, um, shoot me a DM on Twitter, and I'll check them out. And if they're legit and they're willing to go to uh, Oklahoma to get the vehicle, I'll talk to my dad and see if he's willing to sell it. I mean, he wants to sell it, but yeah. I'm just looking for buyers that are interested in it. Um, of course, you have to come pick it up. You have to have like a flatbed or something to pick it up. Uh, my dad drove the car home, uh, but he hasn't ran the car in a while. So obviously, it's going to need a lot of work. So I'm just giving a heads up on that. But anyways, guys, I do want to thank everybody for joining in, hanging out with me, chit-chatting. And I do love the feedback um, about uh, Metro. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. Snid, <laughs> you came in. Towards the end, bro. What's up, man? I'm about to hop off. I got to download the audio to this and upload it to Anchor. Get back on the Anchor train. But yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. You know, the last couple of days has been raining. And, and, and I like I like sitting outside and, and, and doing these. And of course, uh, it was raining pretty heavy the last three days. And sure as hell wasn't going to sit in the rain. So, but yeah. Uh, better late than never. Audio version will go up on Anchor. Thanks so much for that. Thank you, everybody, for... Um, Replay crew, <laughs> solid. Uh, thanks, everybody, for giving me the insight. And, yeah, you know what? Uh, I guess I'll make the jump from Fi to, to Metro by T-Mobile and 
try them out. And and if and if it works out good with Metrobyte T-Mobile, then I'll bring my kids' lines to it. If not, I'll just I'll figure elsewhere where I'm gonna go. Um, put it on Spotify. It, it automatically goes to Spotify. Anchor. So Anchor is like a good a good thing. I, I mean, I like it because you know I, I do my audio podcast. I upload them up there. What happens is is that Anchor actually already sends this you know your podcast to Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, and and uh, Stitcher, Breaker. All, all these various different podcast sources, your podcast gets distributed. So you basically control your audio podcast for one source. You create, you edit, you um, you upload and save your audio podcast in one area, which is Anchor, and it's distributed through all different sources. And you don't pay anything. You don't pay extra. You, there's, there's no plan you have to subscribe to to do this. And, you know, from, from Jump, you monetize from Jump. So, like, yeah. The, the, the YouTube monetization money I get goes to my kids. But also the anchor money that I get also goes to my kids. So, yeah, monetization is you, – you don't even have to hit a requirement on Anchor to do that. Uh, of course, you have to be the one that makes the commercial, sort of. So, like, you have a script from Anchor and you read it and just kind of put it in your own words and make it as natural as possible. And it plays and – yeah, you're monetized already. People hear that, and for every, you know, so many people that I think, like right now, like like Anchor's own um ad that you use to monetize on your podcast on Anchor, I think it, the CPM is at fifteen, fifteen dollars. So for every one thousand, you know, um, um, people that listen, you know, that's fifteen, right? So if you actually can get people like a million people to watch, and you do the math, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm gonna hop off. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys. I also want to give shout outs to those that are part of the members. I appreciate you guys for being a member. Um, you guys are awesome for doing that and sticking by me. So that's always great. Yeah. I'm just trying to get back on my flow and back on things, you know, and just and just do what I love to do. And that's sit here and talk tech with you guys. So um, also, if you guys want to, you guys can join the Facebook group and um, just chit chat or whatever. That's always, you know, it's always cool. You guys can do that there. If you guys want to help out with a monetary donation, there you guys go. It's right there. PayPal. Thanks again to Lino for the $10 uh, donation. Appreciate you for doing that, bro. Uh, but yeah, that's it for right now, guys. Y'all are awesome. Take it easy. And yeah, as always, law. Oh, do you guys like the... Uh... <laughs> I made that. I took my original photo and then I just like got like a bunch of like the Pixel 5 and the Pixel 4a. Uh, with the transparent background, I just overlaid that and then put like the name Aloha Android. Homage to the original name that I started this channel on, by the way. So I'm sure you guys that follow me on social platforms other than YouTube already know that. All right, guys, I'm gonna let you guys go. Enjoy the rest of your of your day. Aloha.